Thank you for your presence today. God cares for you. Be anxious for nothing. God shall supply all your need. Do not worry about what you will eat, drink, or put on. The promises in these words come from God. If we believe in Him, His word, and His promises, why do we worry? God has everything in control, just as He did yesterday, just as He will tomorrow, and just as He has right now. Listen closely as Pastor Rander encourages us to replace worry with trust. Have your Bible pen and paper handy. Let us pray. And Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this privilege of preaching your word. We pray, Lord, that you would anoint me now to preach in the power of your spirit. Help me to dispense a word from you to a world that desperately need Jesus. Have your way now in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I'd like to continue this series that I'm preaching. It's entitled, Trust God and Do Not Worry. The passage is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. It reads, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And which of you by worrying can add even one hour to his life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I like that. Today's trouble is enough for today. Again, trust God and do not worry. Well, what is worry? To be worried is to be distracted. It is to be uneasy. To be worried is to have a divided mind. It is to have anxious thoughts. It is to have a troubled heart. To be worried is to be vexed, harassed, and even strangled. Worry actually chokes the life out of you by the cares of this world. You know what worry does? Worry clings to, dominates, and consumes your thinking as you turn your problems over and over and over in your mind. And you are never able to let them go. 
Even though the scripture is clear that worrying is a sin, beloved, I believe the sin of worry is committed by Christians more than any other sin in scripture. Why do Christians worry is the question I pose to you. Why do Christians worry? Well, number one, many Christians worry because they take their eyes off of the Lord Jesus and focus on their circumstances. If you focus on your circumstances, your circumstances will get the better of you, uh, get the best of you. Uh, They focus on their problems. They focus on the words of men instead of trusting the word of God. And you put the word of men over and above the word of God, you are destined to worry. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2a, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It is time for us to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that gets us through the best and worst of times. During this crisis, you must maintain a healthy balance between being overly cautious, paranoid, and extreme versus being negligent and having a sense of invincibility about yourself as if nothing can happen to you. You must also refuse to embrace the fears of today, the paranoia that's going around, uh, being pessimistic. If you let worry and your circumstances dominate your thinking, you will become negative and suspicious of others, which will become a distraction if you fail to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Look at Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Hope in Jesus. And he will embolden you. He will encourage you. He will help you in the times in which we live. Secondly, why do Christians worry? Many Christians worry because they are spiritually immature. Many Christians worry because they are spiritually immature. They cannot grow because they lack spiritual discernment and a continuous diet of the word of God in their lives. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, it says, for though by This time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracle of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is obeyed. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see, my friend, a sign of spiritual immaturity is being weak, being spiritually weak, spiritually unstable. You're just all over the place. You're transient. The inability to persevere and trust God through the storms and calamities of life. A sign of spiritual immaturity is being easily angered, extremely negative, being fearful, as a matter of fact, to the point that you're frightened, being worried and not trusting Christ and putting him first. This is why God instructs us to grow up, because when we grow up, we won't be so shaken and rattled by the things of this world system. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, growing 
is critical to the life of believers. As we grow, we become stronger and we mature to be able to adapt and to handle uh, the tragedies and calamities that come upon us. Why do Christians worry? Number three, many Christians worry because of a lack of faith. In Matthew chapter six, verse 30, it says, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? In the book of Hebrews chapter six, verse eight, a it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. My friend, we need to do as the apostles did in the book of Luke chapter 17, verse five, which says where they asked the Lord, increase our faith. What a prayer. And this is a time for us to be asking the Lord as the apostles did to increase our faith. What a prayer. Beloved, if the Lord were here today, I believe he would say the same to us as he did the apostles thousands of years ago. Why do you have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? So many believers have settled for far less than what the Lord desires to give them simply because their faith was too small to receive it. It is imperative that there is an increase of faith in your life so you will not short circuit the blessings of God that he has in store for you. God often allows adversity into our lives to strengthen us. Uh, He allows adversity into our lives to build us up. Faith is also essential in living the Christian life. Your faith is so critical to living the Christian life. You see, my friends, we come to Christ by faith. We are to live by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we die in the faith as we transition from earth to heaven to be with the Lord forever. It is a faith walk, trusting God moment by moment, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. We live by faith. Fourthly, why do Christians worry? Christians worry because of an inability to wait on the Lord. Christians worry because of an inability to wait on the Lord. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Unless we totally trust Christ, we will struggle when it comes to waiting on him. I'm sure all of us desire to have this virus resolved yesterday. But God is not on our schedule. If God were to instantly make everything right in our lives, we'll be small brats. He allows things to come into our lives. And sometimes he allowed them to linger a while so that we would trust him so that we would become stretched to draw closer to the Lord. Beloved, waiting on the Lord can be difficult when you want to see God move in your life right now. But God is not obligated to move every obstacle out of your life right now. His goal is to develop you, especially in times of crisis. You know something, my friends? I've never heard of anyone regretting waiting on the Lord. 
But I've heard so many saying, I only wished I had not moved. I only wished I had waited on the Lord. Anytime you move ahead of God, you create unnecessary troubles in your life. Number five, why do Christians worry? Many Christians worry because of a loss of a spiritual perspective in the midst of adversity. Many Christians worry because of a loss of spiritual perspective in the midst of adversity. I love that great passage in Colossians 3, 2, which says, set your minds on things above. Set your minds on things of the kingdom. You know, sometimes we want to shift blame during this time. Who did it? Where did the virus come from? Why? How did we get here? Or shift the blame to different people or circumstances or whatever. But at the end of the day, we ought to set our mind on the kingdom and be talking about the kingdom and advancing the kingdom of God on earth. We have a kingdom agenda, not a political agenda, not on earthly things. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18 also says, so fix our eyes. Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary. Everything we can see is temporary. The clothes, the glasses, the chairs, the homes, all these things are temporary. But what is unseen is eternal, eternal. And God has commissioned us to be witnesses for him, to advance the cause of Christ on earth for the little while that we are here. That's what we ought to be considering at this moment. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2, 16b, but we have the mind of Christ. And if ever there's a time we need the mind of Christ is during the coronavirus. We need the mind of Christ where to go, when to go, what to do, what we must not do, when to be still, when to move, when to just learn to be still and know that he is God. Where is your spiritual perspective in this crisis? You gain a spiritual perspective by asking the Lord what he is revealing to you through this crisis. You gain a spiritual perspective through this crisis when you ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to learn in the midst of this virus? What do you want me to learn in the midst of this global shutdown? What are you teaching me? At the end of the day, it's about me and my relationship with God. Beloved, being able to see all of life through the lens of God's word will give us a spiritual perspective which ushers in God's peace. When we have a spiritual perspective, it ushers in the calmness from the Lord. Our fears are settled right in the midst of this global pandemic. We need a spiritual perspective and we need to be asking, what are you teaching me in these times? It is a spiritual tragedy I say it again. It is a spiritual tragedy if we go through this unprecedented global pandemic without gaining spiritual perspectives and learning life lessons from this crisis. 
If you go through these months and once we get through the other side and one day we will, by the help of God, we're going to get to the other side of this. But you need to ask yourself, Lord, what have you taught me through this? What have I gained through this? What have I learned through this? So with that being said, I transition. What is God revealing to you during this global pandemic? What is he revealing to you? Not everybody else, not your brothers and your sisters, not your co-workers, not your neighbors, not folk on television. What is he revealing to me? Well, let me give you some things he should be revealing to you. First of all, the Lord cannot reveal anything to you if you allow satanic thoughts into your mind. If you allow satanic thoughts to just linger in your mind, the Lord can't reveal anything to you. This is no time for your mind to be the devil's workshop. (laughs) Did you get that? This is no time for your mind to be the devil's workshop. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse five says, we pull down every proud obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. There is a battle for our minds and the intensity of the battle increases as we become intentional about being more like the Lord Jesus Christ. I like the passage that says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, we pull down every proud obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. The battle is for your mind and you have to fight for your mind through the word of God. You will win the battle if you let the word of God dominate your thinking. Things that Satan uses that we must destroy in our minds are jealousy. Jealousy is a horrible thing. Jealousy is a wonderful tool that Satan uses to wreak havoc in your mind, a controlling spirit. Satan uses hate uh, to, 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 to take advantage of your mind, a spirit of disgruntlement, just grumble. You're critical, a, a judgmental spirit, uh, Some people, even in the midst of the coronavirus, is engaging in pornography. And that's bold. How could you be sexually immoral when when so many are sick and dying around us? It's time for us to clean up our minds through the word of God. Some people have been too selfish, particularly believers. And this is a time for us to be uh, generous and selfless instead of selfish. Uh, This is no time for pride. Some believers have allowed pride to enter into their minds to the point that they have discontentment and Satan is wreaking havoc in the minds because of a prideful spirit. Secret sins in the mind will keep your mind suppressed and keep the devil working all day in your mind, day and night. Bitterness is destructive to your mind. Gossip, schemes, hidden agendas. A thirst for power, just to name a few. We have to take all of those rebellious thoughts captive and teach our minds to obey Christ. We need to cast 
Anything that any thinking that is not of God, we need to cast it out of our minds in the name of Jesus. We need sound minds in times like these. We need holy minds. We, we need spirit filled minds in times like these. We need Christ centered minds in times like these. That's what God should be revealing to us. Another thing God should be revealing to us is that our prayer during this time should be, Lord, speak to me about me. That's a wonderful thing we need to be considering at this time. Lord, speak to me about me. It's not about everybody else. It's about what is God saying to me in the midst of this crisis? What does God want to do with me? Uh, how, how does God want to get the best out of me during this crisis? This should be a time of inner soul searching and self-evaluation. And if you come out of this crisis and you're worse off than when you came in, shame on you. Psalms 139 verses 23 through 24a says, search me. What a prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me. And I tell you, when you ask yourself those questions before the Lord, he'll reveal those wicked ways because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've sinned by thoughts, by deeds and actions. Uh, There's none righteous. No, not one. We should come through this crisis looking more like the Lord Jesus Christ and not like our same old selves. Uh, What is God revealing to us? Or what should he be revealing to us in this crisis? This crisis should be a time of drawing closer to God. This crisis should be a time of growing closer to God. James chapter four, verse eight, a says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There needs to be an inner longing of getting closer to God. You you really don't want to be estranged from God or separated from God in times like these. Uh, Satan will get the best of you and and you'll fail. You will faint. You, you, You will not survive if you're distant from God. We ought to get to God as close as we can get. Beloved, the times are too dangerous for us not to be ever so close to the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you what. This medical crisis should prompt believers to focus on the holiness of God. We ought to focus on the character of God, the holiness of God, which should result in his children being more obedient and living a holy life before him. I mean, we should have an inner desire. Lord, help me to be holy. First Peter 1 16 says you must be holy because I am holy. God is a holy God and he desires that his children to be holy as he is holy. I want to be holy before God. I want to be righteous before God. I want a deeper walk with God, a deeper commitment uh, to God. It's time for his children to be holy as our heavenly father is holy so he can take delight in, in defending us, in protecting us, in providing for us. Why should God bless us if we're not living holy before him? Being holy puts us in positions to be blessed of God and not chastened by him. What should God be revealing to us in this crisis? Believers must use this time to strip 
ourselves from all idolatry. This must be a time for believers to strip ourselves from all idolatry. Uh, We need to be putting away anything that's competing with God in our lives. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14 says, therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. In other words, we need to run from idols. First John chapter five, verse 21 also says, first John five twenty one also says, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. I like that. First John five twenty one, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. We must not have competing idols in our lives. We must not uh, love television more than God. We must not love uh, secular music more than God, ourselves more than God, money more than God, pleasure more than God, uh, the things of this world more than God. God must be first in our lives. He totally satisfied. Nothing at this time can satisfy you but the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the truth be told, many things you like to do now is taken away from you. Places you can't go now. So if you're not satisfied with Jesus, you're a hot mess. If you love the world, where can you go now? Everything is in the shutdown mode. But if you love God and you keep him first in your life, you're still all right because God is your company keeper. And and you're just as thankful and blessed because you don't have to have all of these worldly things to be satisfied. Your contentment and peace is in Christ. God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory and his will for our lives. Therefore, we have no need to fear, even through trials, tribulations, and the coronavirus. We must stand firm on God's word, which commands us to be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.